Look out, it's a wonderful ball from Wesley McKinney to find Tim Weah. Option streaking into the area, Pulisic back post! He's got a second! They stood in an aggressive posture waiting for Mexico to come out of the locker room. And straight out of the locker room, the U.S. doubles the lead. Well, welcome to the Buddha Podcast with your hosts, Matt Crum. And Jake Lucas. Okay, Jake. Summer has passed us by. Yeah. We're back, though. We're back. I mean, it is still 97 degrees outside, I believe, in the beginning of of September, so... Summer don't stop until it's ready to be done, huh? No, uh, it was 99 yesterday. Hmm. Just lovely. You know, just getting towards that sweater weather, right? Yeah, that sweater sweating weather. Yeah, sweating weather. That's that's really what September weather is like. Yeah, we definitely had the false uh, fall last week. And yeah. Now we're back to the, the middle, of, uh, middle of summer. And yet, every year, the last week of August... All your pumpkin spice lattes roll out. All your pumpkin beers at the all store. The Han Solos. The Hansa. No, well, no, 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 no. The the sweat. Too many. Too many sweat inducing sweaters for that. But yes, yeah. we will be in Han Solo season. Yeah, that was. Uh, that's always like the weird time of year. Anytime you're walking around, you think it's Halloween, and then no, it's just people wearing the outfit, the sweater vest. Uggs. The boots, yeah. yeah. Boots with the fur. Boots with the fur. That's right. And then you got a lightsaber battle going on, and you really don't know where you're at. Yeah. Might as well be Tatooine. That's true. <laughs> uh, yes, it's been it's been a while. We've uh, a lot's happened. A lot has happened. I say this every episode, though. Everything happens between our episodes, and that's why we do it. Because we've got to, you know, get back on the horse. Let let our listeners know what's happening. Yeah. Uh, what's going on with you, Matt? Man, uh, well, it has, so, you know, we, we debriefed your Italy trip. We, we debriefed some of my trips, but uh, I did a race last weekend. I'm one of those weirdos who pays money to basically torture myself for, for two hours. Seven miles, a bunch of obstacles. I kind of sort of finished a little bit, but it was all about having fun. So I survived. I'm in one piece. And uh, in a few weeks, we're going to take a scouting trip to Germany, Jake. Wow. My wife and I. Yes, yes. Official business. The U.S. men's national team has asked us to scout the German talent. It's, uh, yeah, we won't be doing much scouting because we'll be enjoying ourselves. Yeah, but you're just going to say in January, there's going to be a bunch of Americans going to Germany like over the summer when uh, I went to Italy and a bunch of Americans went to Italy. That's right. We kind of bring the the vibe and the good tidings when we when we travel. So that'll be fun, Jake. That'll be fun. How's how's life in the world of Jake Lucas? It's actually stress free, I guess. Stress free. Maybe, maybe that's what you can say after the wedding, after a honeymoon. Yes. All of a sudden, it's just like settling down, and it's like, wow, I really don't need to plan anything for a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the the highlight might have been from this Labor Day weekend. Uh, we actually hung up a pan rack. Oh yes. Yeah, it's fantastic downstairs right now, right over our uh, sink. Do you even remember? I can confirm it holds pans. It does. It um, holds pans. But yeah, we definitely hit something <laughs> when we tried it the first time. So there's four holes right now that need to be plugged in, but. I think that's uh, the weekend project for this weekend. <laughs> There's going to be water just gushing out of those holes, I bet you. You'll <laughs> yeah. be in the middle of the day. You'll be like, honey, the kitchen's flooded. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be great. No, no, I'm sure you'll be okay. I'm sure you'll be okay. And if something does happen, don't call me because I won't be able to help. Dang. <laughs> Matt's only a mover, not a handyman for that. I do help move. I do help move at times. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Jake knows how to handle tools, folks. Watch out, world. Watch out. It's a dangerous place. It's a dangerous, dangerous place. You never know who's going to need a, oh my gosh, a drill. (laughs) (laughs) One of those hand squeezy thingies, uh, spins around, you know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're very blue collar over here. We are. On the uh, booted podcast. Blue collar as it gets. Just give me an Allen Allen wrench, I got you. Yeah. I'll solve it with anything. One, one, of, one of those that comes in the Ikea package, right? Oh, 100%. <laughs> uh, 
All right. Well, yes. Yeah, so Jake and Allison are not so special anymore. All their special wedding plans. They're just back to being normal, everyday folk. Yeah. Now we get to go to weddings and get to judge people on their weddings. Yeah. Ooh, I would. I would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> not. <laughs> That's right. That's right. My uh, my wife and I have been doing that ever since. But uh, you know, it's funny. Your your wedding was the only wedding that we thought went perfectly. That's great. That's because Matt was, we had an amazing officiant. <laughs> he was, I don't know, I don't know. B plus, B plus. I'll give him a B plus. I give it an A minus. A, not A minus, A plus. A plus? Okay. All right, all right. Great inflation over here. Yeah, but what do we got going on with uh, the podcast today? Too much, Jake. Too much to go over. Too little time. We haven't even updated folks on our thoughts on the Women's World Cup, yeah. which ended like an age ago. It did. It was over a month ago. Was it over a month ago? Around that, yeah, I think so. I think it was July, right? No, it was. Did August. it bleed in August? I yeah, don't even know anymore. It's been, it's been too long. August thirteenth. Let's just put that on it. Yeah, yeah. It's and that's when the final was. It's been too long, so we're gonna just have some quick thoughts there. Uh, Jake's feeling pretty good about what, how he predicted, quote unquote. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, the European season is underway. Games are rolling all across the continent. Americans are rolling, well, most of them are rolling across the continent, so we're going to get you up to speed on who's playing where and how they're playing. And a little bit of prediction time for the European season, 2023-2024. So we'll do that. And then lastly, back here on the home front, Jake, Messi mania has taken over. It has. Taken over. Uh, He is just unstoppable. His team, Inter-Miami, could have a, an absolute dream run to the playoffs here after being the dead last team in MLS about 60-plus percent of th- through the season before he arrived. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll test those odds, see what we think. But do we want to start with the women? Yes, we will. And unfortunately, we don't know when the World Cup ended because the women's, women's national team ended their... World Cup earlier than uh, any of us would have thought. That's right. So, yeah, going through uh, the group stage, the U.S. women, uh, they finished second in the group, which meant they had to play at the number one seed from a different uh, group, which ended up being Sweden. Um, But the interesting thing about this Women's World Cup was, uh, to me as a whole, it was more not if the world is ever going to catch up, it's how the U.S. got left in the dust with how tactical um, the other countries have become with their managers and how technical uh, the players are. I still think the U.S. has better players, but they were outmatched every basically the Holland game, the Portugal game, and the Sweden game. They were out, out-coached, out-tactically played, and then the technical ability for these players is really amazing. You can look and watch, like, a Colombia play. You can watch, like, um, Spain, these Germany, Netherlands, even Portugal. Like, when you were watching us play against, like, Portugal, they could shoot from outside the 18 and have a decent try at goal. But when you saw, like, the women play, they literally were trying to play the ball in the box, get the ball in the box, and try to shoot when they get to the box. And I think we're, like, we just hit a cycle uh, where it's, uh, we're no longer dominant, and now it's like uncharted water, what the rest of the world is going to do, and how do we catch back up to it? Yeah, and you know what? Going into this tournament, I actually made reference to the last tournament that we won, and the most distinct game I remember from that tournament is the France game. I believe it was either the quarterfinal or the semifinal, where everything that you just said came to be. We were outplayed that game, out out tactical maneuvered that game, but we just found a way to win because we able we were able to generate chances. Well, as you say, Jake, the classiness of the European style football, it caught up to us. It caught up to us. I think my thoughts, you know, Spain was were clearly the the class of the tournament. I mean, their ball movements, they're just they looked like the men's Spain team back in the 2010-2012 era. That They just did. They looked just always dangerous, so balanced. 
and they're the class of the tournament. But a lot of people are putting a lot of blame at Vlatko's feet, the coach. I I don't put too much blame there. There he does share in the blame. Here's the thing. Here's how I think about coaching, especially on the national level. You have your first job as an international coach become defensively solid. Mm -hmm. The U.S. has been defensively solid under him. He has now gone. He's he's yeah, they're looking for a replacement now. And then the second the second task is figure out how to generate chances. Figure out your your play, whether that's counter pressing. It doesn't have to be a pretty style of play, uh, and it's just find a way to get into the box and generate chances. Guess what the U.S. also did throughout this whole tournament? Generated chances. They had 12 shots on goal in the Sweden game to Sweden's one. So I actually blame the players, blame the the so-called breakout stars, and, and obviously the veterans who were ineffective as well for just not putting the ball in the back of the net. It's It's just plain and simple. I mean... You when you do twelve shots on goal, no goals over a hundred and twenty minutes, right? The coach can't put the ball in the back of the net for you. So that's those are my thoughts on the U.S. side of things. But congratulations to Spain. Uh, again, I thought they were head and shoulders above anybody else in the tournament. Yeah, and I wonder there was somebody on this podcast who actually called it. If oh. the U.S. didn't win, Spain would win. So I'd love to take all the credit in the world. Uh, but the even scarier thing with Spain is they were missing seven really key players because they didn't want to play for the coach. Oh. So now the coach has been fired, um, and they're going to get integrated before the next Euro. So they're going to go on a big run. Um, yep. But I think, like, to your point... Yeah, it is to blame the players. It's also to blame the... Like, I think it's a lot on Blacko, too, because I don't even think he called... He did call in a like-for-like like like replacement for Alex Morgan. Ashley Hatch, top goal scorer at NWSL, didn't get a call. She could have came and made an impact. Mm-hmm. And I think the like the best move that he he did was play Sonnet. And I think she was the best... Like, one of the better players during that knockout game against uh, Sweden. Yeah. Uh, but like talking about creativity, like you had somebody that could come off the bench and like break somebody down, and uh, like Ashley Sanchez uh, did not even see a minute mm-hmm. at the World Cup. Mm-hmm. So I think like to be fair, it is on the players, but a lot of it is on the coach, the setup, and the people that he brought in. Yeah. No. I his his substitution. There was no his substitution pattern had no rhyme or reason. I there was that was absolutely not. Uh, quality from Vlaco, but Sophia Smith, Trinity Rodman, Alex Morgan, those are supposed to be the players that take you through this tournament. Lindsey Horan, you know, the core of this group was supposed to be the the chance creators, the finishers. They just weren't. So, you know, when when the second when the B players who aren't as good as those starters in, in training aren't getting on the field, I mean it's it's kind of it's kind of a both end situation. I do I do agree with that point, but I'm also just like, come on, players, what are we doing here? So yeah. and there were also like three key injuries going into this World Cup too. Yes, with Mallory Swanson, um, Mauricio, the uh, Mara Carcio, something like yeah, Macario, Macario. That's what it is. Yeah, Macario. and then Becky Sauerbrunn. Yeah, um, so yeah. you're missing three key players that would be guaranteed starters too. Yeah, definitely um, on the attacking mm-hmm. end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, still. But you just mentioned Spain was missing seven key yeah, players themselves. Exactly, but Spain is now in a different stratosphere. Yeah. So we're we're about to see. I was trying to think of something very creative with Spain. Who was the painter? The painter. Picasso. Picasso, Picasso, but he I think he was Italian. He could have been Spanish. There's an Italian. I think Picasso might be it. He did all the colors. Well, okay. I mean, every artist does colors. Okay. But like. One of the Spanish artists did a renaissance in art. And uh-huh. they're about to do the same thing. Uh-huh. So I got to the point of the joke in the story. So we'll <laughs> Listeners, uh, call in for the correct Spanish painter. Yeah, we'll, we'll tweet it out. We'll, t- we'll tweet it out, that's right. Tweet out all of our corrections during the show. 
Yeah, disappointing. I mean, Pablo uh, Picasso is a Spanish. Ah, uh, there you so go. Pablo. It. Pablo. Okay. All right. Thank you, Google. So we have a Picasso-style Renaissance brewing for the Spanish women's national team. Yes. Speaking of brewing, we forgot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we forgot a lot of stuff. Uh, we are drinking two American staples, uh, perhaps one Mexican American staple. Yes. I've got a Mountains or Blue Coors Light because you know what? It's football season, American football season, and nothing goes better than American football than Coors Light. That's true. What do you got, Jake? I have the most popular beer in the United States right now. Oh, is that right? Yeah, a Corona. Or is it Modelo? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> We're not going to Google that one. But <laughs> I am drinking a Corona. And not only was it the only beer I had in the fridge, but also I, uh, I'm i drinking one because I want to have a tropical drink in honor of the Jimmy Buffett. That's right. That's right. Pour one out. For the parrot head, yeah. the original parrot head. We're heading to Margaritaville after this. That's right. Yes, Jake, you are uh, channeling your inner Vin Diesel in Fast and Furious. I'm a Corona man. <laughs> wow, which uh, which Fast and Furious was that? That was that was original man. That was like the first or the second. Nice. Oh yeah. Oh, not, yeah. not the fourteen. Not the fourteen. However, I hope they go to twenty seven. <laughs> All right. Well, enough. Enough bad news. Enough bad news. The the women's the U.S. women's program. Time for a reset. But given the talent pool, we will be fine in the long run. We are still a highly highly competitive international squad. Jake, speaking of internationally, Europe is underway. Bundesliga, La Liga, Premier League, That's Syria, the Eredivisie. The Belgian A. I don't know. That's all I know. That's all I got for you. But it's all underway, and there's been some exciting news, Jake. Give us, give us the headlines. Oh wow, there's a lot of headlines to choose from. What's what's the headlines that you want to start with? Uh, let's talk about Pulisic. Yes. Um, he goes from Chelsea, who are still struggling, to the mighty AC Milan. That's right. Um, yeah, first game he has a goal and assist. Second game he has a goal. And then third game, I think he had another assist. But he's lighting it up pretty well. Yeah. And then we have the the two boys at Juve, Wea and uh, Weston. That's right. Um, which is kind of interesting the way they're set up right now. Uh, they're actually playing the same position and subs for each other. Yeah. So that was kind of shocking to see. Uh, I don't know how I like that for Weston. I love it for Wea because it is like an attacking midfielder winger type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's looking good for them. Um, and then Musa is also with AC Milan, although he's still kind of working his way into that midfield. We'll see how things develop there, but yeah. And it is a tough midfield to break into. It is, it is, yes, yes. But yeah, Italy is red, white, and blue this year, baby. Yeah. You know what else is red, white, and blue? What, Jake? The Netherlands. The Netherlands, specifically one team in the Netherlands. Yes. And what team is that, Matt? PSV Eindhoven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who's uh, who's all there? We've got a triumvirate. Ooh, That's one of my wow. favorite words to use on this podcast. <laughs> I haven't heard that in a minute. Of Americans, uh, led by Serginho Dest, heading back home to where it all began for him, Holland, the Netherlands. Uh, he has been really impressive. He he was inserted right into the lineup, and they had some pretty high-profile games at the jump. They had to face Rangers over a two-leg Champions League qualifier. Uh, they did pull that out, and so he they will be playing Champions League football this season. So joining Serginho Dest, and he's been playing left-back, which is actually an interesting development, uh, is Ricardo Pepe. He got the upgrade from his other Dutch team. And then Malik Tillman, speaking of Rangers, making that move. And Malik actually just scored in their most recent uh, league game against a far superior, or far inferior team, it looks like. It was 5-1, to one, I think, in the final. But he gets in and gets a goal. So we'll see if all of those players, hopefully, can get some solid minutes. Oh, that's awesome. And then, yeah, with uh, going back to jolly old England, 
Jolly old England. Uh, we have one of Matt's uh, favorite Arsenal players get transferred out. That's right. Uh, Matt Turner headed to uh, Nottingham Forest and is currently like Robin Hood right now. He's making saves and stealing points from the rich and giving it to the poor. Oh, wow. Jake. I did tie that in. That was great. Jake, um, wow. But, yeah, he uh, he went up against Chelsea, had a really nice shutout, got some really great reactionary saves. Um, and even the like the other games where he's given up goals, he's played pretty well, too. Um, but Chel- but uh, Forrest actually brought somebody in from Benfica, their keeper, to push him and make sure he has competition to beat the number one uh, keeper. Yes, and you know who they also brought in? Which is a terrible sequence of events for him. Ethan Horvath. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, Horvath was there, assigned with Forrest, and then was on a loan at Luton Town last year. Right. So, yeah, so that's late. right, because yeah. that Forrest was his original club, and he so he was able to go down to Luton to play with them, won promotion with Luton, and now, I believe, has been recalled to yep. Forrest, mm-hmm. which is kind of a bummer if you think about it, because now he's got to back up possibly two other keepers, and while Luton Town, who has been struggling mm-hmm. so far, uh, has to is is going with somebody else. So and kind that, of a bummer. That makes our national team uh, very interesting. Who uh, who the three keepers are? Uh, we'll, we can talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's man, <laughs> Ethan Horvath has just had such a journey. I I feel for the guy. But hey, our number one keeper, Premier League minutes, Premier League shutouts, man. Yeah. Getting that shutout against Chelsea this past weekend. Let's yeah, go, Matt. And other Americans in the Premier League in England. Uh, Reem has had a decent start, scored a goal. Yes. Um, Tim Reem on the score sheet. Yeah, Jenny Robinson uh, doing pretty well, too. Uh, yes, he's goal. doing his thing. Yep. And then the one to keep an eye on in his situation is Chris Richards. Uh, mm-hmm. Playing for Crystal Palace. Right now he's um, like third or fourth in the pecking order with yeah. uh, center back. So. Uh, that's a little bit challenging, but the surprise in the championship, Josh uh, Sargent has been playing pretty well, but um, I don't think we got to break the news, but one of our players from uh, Turkey decided to leave and come to uh, the championship, and Haji Wright yes. um, has joined Coverton. Coventry? Uh, Coven- uh, ooh, I think so. Coventry, Coventry City? City? Yeah, Coventry, Coventry City. City, yes. yes. Yeah, and already has a goal for them. I know, yes, but it looks like he got he got injured as well. I think recently, but he's he's not. He wasn't a starter from the start. So yeah, Haji out of the Turkish uh, purgatory, <laughs> where American dreams go to die. <laughs> True. Uh, back into England, which is exciting. But yeah, you mentioned the sergeant in- injury. Real bummer. He looks to be out for a while, mm-hmm. and he actually got injured in the process of scoring a goal. He, uh, classic blue-collar goal, he he rushed the goalkeeper, blocked the uh, attempted clearance, and then uh, jogged onto it and headed it in, but the keeper took him down from behind and injured Sargent pretty significantly. So, there we go. Another tough American injury overseas. Yeah, such a, not a great look. Not a great um, look. And then also another... Another person leaving Arsenal, Matt, there. All the Americans are leaving you, I guess. That's right. Balogun joined uh, Monaco. That's right. In, uh, France, so um, it should be great. He was one of the leading goal scorers in France last year, and now going back to try to try to go win the uh, Golden Boot. That's right. Yep, back in the French League where he was so prolific last year. Bigger team, too, than Reims, who was, who was his last team. So... Almonico is obviously they they had that big Champions League run not too long ago, so they're, in fact, I don't know if they're in the Champions League this year, but they could be. I think they might I, be in Europa. Yeah, they're, they're pro- one of the three. Well, they they are playing European football, so that'll be another good experience for him. Yeah, so wasn't in the Arsenal plans. It's a tough pecking order for Arsenal, obviously, but it's good he'll be playing high level soccer, and going back to the. Uh, England side of things, quick note. Was it about Tyler Adams? 
Oh, yes. Well, so, no, it was Chris Richard. It was, well, Tyler Adams, yes, we do have to cover Tyler Adams. So, Chris Richards, though, was looking at a loan move to Germany. It looks like it didn't materialize by the by the uh, transfer deadline. So, he will have to stick it out at Crystal Palace. It is tough for him because two really, really good center backs in front of him. But we'll see. We'll see. Good environment. But, yeah. The Tyler Adams news, which we are kind of breaking a little bit. <laughs> Ten days after the trade. Ten days afterwards, but he's in Bournemouth now. Yes. He escaped from Leeds. Talk about purgatory. He escaped from the Leeds purgatory. And he will. he's still recovering from injury, though. Hasn't not going to be able to feature for Bournemouth for a little bit. But he's back where he needs to be in the EPL. Yeah, and hopefully he can play well to keep him up, too. Because I think he's he on the five-year deal with him. Oh, really? A long-term deal? Yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah. But what about uh, some of the other players that we uh, didn't get to talk about? Yeah, so there's. I've got my eye on a couple players. Well, first of all, the other probably higher-profile club player who has switched leagues is Brendan Aronson, going from Leeds to Union Berlin, joining Jordan Pifak over there. He uh, He's had a rough start. <laughs> Managed to get two yellow cards in the first half of uh, one of his first Bundesliga games. So, let's hope he gets out of that doghouse soon. Uh, but he looks to be a part of the plans there in Union Berlin. So, we wish him well. And then st- sticking in the Bundesliga, also hoping for breakout years for Jake's guy, Kevin Paredes. We'll cover him in a little bit. That's right. That's right. Uh, also, Paxton Aronson in the Bundesliga. He has been coming on as a sub. I'm for, I'm blanking on the club right now. Uh, a mid-tier German club. I don't remember which. <laughs> we'll tweet that one out as well. But that's not a that's not a mid-tier German club. That's a major German club. What is it, Jake? I don't know if he still plays there, but this is Timothy Chandler's old club. It's Eintracht Frankfurt. Yes, yes, yes. you're right, you're right. Major club. Pretty major club, Eintracht Frankfurt. Yes, the 20-year-old, he has has been getting in as a late sub. So, yeah, hopefully he follows in his brother's footsteps and continues to gain some some playing time there. And then CCV injured for Celtic, but we hope he gets back to the field. That's, That's kind of another guy that we're hoping can maintain his European momentum. But, Jake, who... Who is who are some players you're keeping an eye on? So here's a sneaky player that I'm trying to keep an eye on. Um, his name's Diego Cochin. Cochin. He is a U seventeen uh, men uh, U, yeah U seventeen men's uh, goalkeeper for the U S men's national team. Oh. But he was just named to Barcelona's Champions League squad. Wow. So um, that would be very interesting to see. Who, number one, who he is, what his development's going to be, and kind of the growth for the year. Um, but I think just looking at Serie A, it's going to be very cool to see those players, uh, Plisic, Weston, uh, Wea, um, and then also, like I think it's still Vienza. Where are they? Are they in Serie A or Serie B? Venezia? Yeah, Venezia. Uh, I think they're in Serie B. Yeah. Yes, Tanner Tessman's team. Yeah, and um, Gio Bu- uh, yeah. Busio. Busio, yes. Yeah, Gianluca. So I think it would be interesting to keep an eye on those two. And then Booth playing in uh, the Dutch League. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Booth in the Dutch, yeah, Taylor Booth. We also forgot to mention uh, Joe Scally, who has been playing, and he actually just featured in their 2-1 loss to Bayern, but uh, great that he's playing. The results, especially defensively, not so great for Mujin Gladbach so far. Uh, In their three league games, they've given up four, three, and two goals. So hopefully that continues to go down to to one and zero, but not as fantastic defensive record. Of course, it's not all his fault, but uh, you don't want... To him to be blamed for any of that. So keep it up, Joe, but also tighten it up, Joe. <laughs> yeah, get your shit together. Oh, well, this is a family podcast. Get your stuff together. Yes, yes, or whatever the German word is for that. Probably just stuff. Yeah, nine. Nine. 
Jake, any bold predictions for this oh. year for Americans or teams with Americans on yeah, them? Yeah, Balogun gets the golden boot in France. Wow. And then Pulisic is the newcomer for the Serie A. Okay. Yeah, so incoming transfer, Pulisic would be the, the new player, newcomer for Serie A. Okay. And then Gio Reyna is healthy from January to May and... Borussia Dortmund win the Bundesliga with Gio Reyna being an impact player. Wow. And by impact player, I'm saying tennis, at least ten assists and five goals. Wow. That's super bold. Super we're, bold. We're going to leave it there and see what happens. Okay. All right. Okay. I've got, I do have an Italian prediction, and then I've got another English league prediction. Ooh. So my Italian prediction is that Americans will lift the Serie A trophy this year. Which club are you going with? Well, that's the whole thing. It could be AC Milan. It could be Juventus. But I'm going with one of those clubs and the Americans on them to lift the trophy. And then I'm also predicting that Turner is a top five goalkeeper in the Premier League according to the stats this year. Wow. And he helps keep Forrest above the relegation zone in a impressive campaign for U.S.'s number one. That would be very Yes, yes. Those are my two main predictions. So, actually, and uh, we'll get to it. We'll, we'll, we've got one more player, but we're going to go through the American roster next, so we'll, we'll touch on it then. But uh, anything else spicy about this European season, Jake? I don't think so. I think it's going to be entertaining. And from England, I'll say two, two clubs with Americans will go down. Bournemouth and uh, New, or, uh, Forrest. You think Forrest is going to go down? I think so. They just beat Chelsea, Jake. That's true, but anybody can beat Chelsea. They just beat Chelsea. And I don't know if Luton Town is going to win a game. Burnley's looking pretty bad, too. Everybody looks pretty bad at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, it's, it might be a top-heavy year this year. Yeah. Yep, yep. It's it's always falls a great time of the year for sports. My favorite time of the year for sports. Uh all right, Jake. Let's talk about the return of the US men's national team. Ooh. After an early summer uh Gold Cup and Nations League tour. We've got some friendlies coming up. Uh both here in September, but also in October against uh much better competition in October, Germany and Ghana. In September, we are playing Oman and Uzbekistan. <laughs> yeah, and the reason why is because World Cup 2026, uh, yeah, World Cup qualifying is starting tomorrow. Um, ah. So that's why, like, we're not able to play these clubs. Or not the clubs, but, like, bigger countries and stuff like that. They all have qualifying. That's right. <clears throat> Nations League whatever is going on for their three games. So uh, we were stuck with Omen and Uzbekistan. That's right, yes. So <laughs> bottom of the barrel. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see how strong they prove to be, but we have a uh, pretty much an A-team roster here, Jake. Uh, there were... I think A-team with a few thrown in there. Yeah, A-team with a few experiments. Mm-hmm. A few experiments. But uh, you want to take us through the goalkeepers here? Yeah, so... Two two players that have been on the roster for the last like couple years, Matt Turner, uh, Ethan Horvath, and then a kind of a surprise, but not really after the last few months, uh, Drake Callender from yes. Inner Miami. Which is the messy of, touch. Yes. The messy effect is hitting the men's national team. Um, but it's kind of interesting because Blake Callender is probably the best goalie in MLS was playing for the worst team, and now you have Messi coming in with Busquets and Sergio, or Jordi Alba, yep. and now he's getting his recognition for his shot-stopping ability and the ability to distribute the ball. So he's currently 25, and mm-hmm. this is going to be his first uh, call-up to the senior team. Yes, I believe he was in the Gold Cup, at least for a portion of it. Yeah, he might have been. Maybe, maybe, unconfirmed. Yeah. But he's yeah. still, he still hasn't played the game, so hopefully he can get his first cap. Yes, yes, definitely. 
Yeah, that they pull in the teammates, the forest teammates, Turner and Horvath. Yeah, no, Drake Callender has, if you see any highlights of Miami games, he is making some great saves. I am definitely predicting that he'll be in Europe very, very soon. He's got those messy connections, so Mm -hmm. you know, you know, he'll be getting the calls. But uh, yeah, let's talk about defenders. So, Serginho Des, we just mentioned him. Christopher Lund, a Danish-American dual national who plays for Palermo right now, left back. Uh, That is a new inclusion. Mark McKenzie, who was playing in Belgium. Paredes, who we mentioned for Wolfsburg. Let's go. The Paredes Street. Paredes. There we go. Going to see him. We're going to see him. Reem and Robinson, our Fulham boys. Richards, who we just mentioned. The other Robinson brother, Miles Robinson from Atlanta United. And... Joe Scally from Gladbach. So, yeah, no big surprises there. Uh, there is uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers is, is injured. Also, Walker Zimmerman is injured. Is that yeah. correct? Yes. What can you tell us about Christopher Lund? Not much. He is young. He, I think, I believe he has represented the Danish national team at the youth levels, and he actually won a Danish championship with Copenhagen, I think. Mm-hmm. Last year, and then he got a a uh, transfer over to a Syria club, Palermo. So, yeah, he's very young, very raw. I think is what I heard, the, just what I read about him. But maybe we'll see him a little bit. Yeah, because I think he would be like the one surprise inclusion. And yes, um, like even when we look deeper, like as we get to the front of this roster, um, it's kind of interesting because it feels like a few of these people are almost on trial for. Uh, the Olympics or Copa America. Mm. And like they're, they're probably use these next four games to figure out if they're going to be on the Copa squad or the um, Olympic squad. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Especially in terms of Scali, Paredes, you would expect them to be on an Olympic squad. They're, they're breaking into the full squad. But yeah, Loon, in the case of Loon, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see. All right. Midfielders. We got another messy reference here. Yeah. We have been. Uh, Kremischi. Kremischi, yes. Yeah, he's uh, dual national, Argentinian and American. Uh-huh, so, uh-huh. Um, yeah, he got called into camp. And it's kind of interesting because when you think about MLS players that are really young right now, he's probably not even in the top 10 uh, that could have got called into this roster. Really? Yeah, because I think like a player like Joel Buck for New England. Noel Buck. Noel Buck. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's done so well. He's a dual national yes. with England, and he just got uh, called up to one of their youth teams and accepted the call up. Interesting. So he could have been a player that you called in here and try to cap tie, but uh, get used to the system. But um, I still think Ben would be a very great player with us too, and want to look for the future. Um, and then Luca De La Torre, he's been playing <clears throat> for Celta Vigo, been playing pretty well the last few games mm-hmm. uh, for them to start the season. Weston McKenney. Obviously, everybody knows him. Musa, we just talked about him earlier. Uh, Tanner Tessman uh, just got injured, so he won't be... No, he actually is replacing the injured person. Oh, okay. I thought he got injured. Uh, no, so the Tanner Tessman from Venezia in Syria uh, is coming in to replace... I just read this. Cardoso. Johnny Cardoso. Uh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Johnny Cardoso was the original call-up who is playing in Brazil, injured, and so Tessman comes in, mm-hmm. who just scored a banger. I don't know if you saw the highlight in yeah, Serie B. So, yeah, hey, take your chance, Tanner. Yeah, and then the last midfielder that we have is Malik Tillman, um, who we just talked about for PSV. Yep, yep. I love the Kramatsky pull-up. Uh, call in actually because if you watch if you've been watching the Messi inner Miami highlights you will notice that this Ben kid who's 18 years old is involved in half of them yeah he's re- he's a really smart player off the ball oh yeah his technical ability he needs to get his first touchdown and control but the way like he's seeing like the play develop he's going to the right places and finding that space yeah very similar to what we've been talking about with Taylor Booth just very Dangerous on the ball, good movement, but I love the call up, man. I love it. I want to. I think he's got. He's only eighteen, and he's already crushing it in the MLS. So, but I think this is a big, big window for of this group for Luca De La Torre. 
Uh, you mentioned I, I watched his almost the full game with Celta when Celta Vigo played Real Madrid the other week. He was on the field for eighty minutes, and during those eighty minutes, Real Madrid didn't score. The only the only issue I have with De La Torre is you don't really understand what it is that he does exceptionally well. He kind of does a little bit of everything, a little bit of offensive attack, a little bit of defensive solidity in the midfield. So he's kind of a do everything eight, mm-hmm. but it's just kind of especially when you have. Other players like that in the in the, in the men's national team midfield. It's we, we've got to find a, a nice place for him. Uh, but so I think I think he really needs to because I think he will be inserted as that third central midfielder with Musa and McKennie in these upcoming friendlies, at least to start. So I am looking at his performance really in this midfield, and that's what I got on the midfield. Mm-hmm. And then let's go through the forwards. So Brennan Aronson we just mentioned from for Union Berlin. Balligan, Cade Cowell from the Earthquakes, Pepe, Pulisic, and Wea. Really, really great front line here. I mean, we're all excited to see more of that Wea, Pulisic, Balligan. I'm hoping that that combination just dominates these two games. Uh, but of course, our notable absences are Giorena, Tyler Adams, both of whom are injured. Um, so definitely shaking up the midfield a bit. Uh, any other Big omissions, or what? What are your thoughts about the forward group? No, I think that's the only omission. Like the only person I would trade in and out would probably be Kate Cal or Tessman for Reno. Um, but besides that, I think the rosters uh, all set. Yeah, this again. This is a pretty much an A roster. So we are the Burhalter era, like we talked about last time, will continue. And speaking of that. New story came out a couple days ago, just saying that, oh, remember that whole Burhalter Reina drama? Yeah, it turns out Burhalter hasn't even talked to Gio yet. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> what? Like, yeah, like, I, I think he wants to do it face-to-face, but it's like, why haven't you done this yet? Yeah, um, there's there's no excuse right at this point. Yeah, what is going on? To be honest, I think there is a lot of pressure on Burhalter. Um, going into Copa America because even Gooch when he was on there talking about it he said that that they expect a top four finish and if that doesn't happen he could be out before going into the 2026 World Cup yep that's what we talked about in the last podcast Copa America is your measuring rod gotta perform gotta reach that semifinal or go to the final or just win the whole thing yeah that I mean Think about how many Burhalter haters would just hate to see it if he did really, really well in that Cup America. But I think he has the potential to. This team has the potential to. I've always, you know, on this podcast, been kind of a Burhalter supporter. I think he's got the game plan. It's just a matter of can he win the locker room. So I don't think he will. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll see. But you know who we could call in and who's going to shut down Messi in the U.S. Open Cup final? Ben Olsen. Ben Olsen. Ben Olsen has a better record than Berhalter did when he was coaching. Ben Olsen has won a final. Ben Olsen is good at knockout games. And that could be a heck of a hire, but I don't think we'll ever go for it. (laughs) Yes, Ben Olsen. And that's our little segue here to... Messy MLS mania, but uh, Houston looking good, but they are going to run into the surprise, not only uh, League's Cup winner, Inter-Miami, but now in the U.S. Open Cup final, Inter-Miami, uh, who beat Philadelphia Union in that semifinal. And yeah, it has been an insane run over these over this past month. I don't know how he's doing it, but he just keeps doing it, Jake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's at like the stage in his career. It's not he's playing smarter, but he's not running. Yeah. So like when you're watching him on the field, you're looking at him like when he's off the camera or just like in the corner, he's always floating in like space and being smart. And then when he gets the ball, he just goes crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it's just been like unbelievable to see. He gets a chance, he's going to finish a chance or create something crazy. Like, he has that magical moment every single game. There's no way you're going to stop him. It's only, it's pretty much inevitable. 
when it's going to happen, you're just hoping you score goals to counteract it. Yeah, you've got to outscore Miami these days. And we just talked about who is preventing that from happening, Drake Callender. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a pretty lethal combination. But Jake, here's my question. Is this making the MLS look bad? No. Why? Because Messi does this everywhere. Okay. He did it for he did it for Barcelona. He did it when he went to the Champions League. He did it when he went to PSG. If he went to the Premier League, he would be doing the same thing. If he went to any other league in the world, he would be doing the same thing. Okay. And also in the rest of the world, he would have a better supporting cast. This is true. This is true. I don't know. You it, it, that feeling sneaks up into, you know, it's, it's, it's it especially hurts Jake when you see a Walker Zimmerman led at Nashville SC get roasted but by. What did they get roasted? Well, they 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 lost to Inter Miami in the League's Cup, I believe. How did they lose? It, I believe they lost by one goal, right? They lost some penalties. They lost some penalties. So technically, they tied the game. And then they went to play Inter-Miami in Miami two weeks later, and they drew 0-0. Did they? Yeah. Okay, okay. So, like, the the teams that they beat, so, like, in the Open Cup, when they beat uh, Cincinnati, they tied and went to penalties. So, yes. like, they're, they're, they're dominating teams that they should. Like, the Elena game, Elena has a horrible defense, and Messi just destroyed that. Um and then just looking at, like, MLS, he, his legs are shot, they're done, but they played a poor New York Red Bull side. He came in as a sub, took over the game, and they won it 2-0. Mm-hmm. And then they drew 0-0 in uh, Miami. This weekend they have a game during the international window, and they, they're missing everybody. Yeah. They're missing nine players. So if they pull out a miracle and win this game, that's going to help them a ton for the playoffs. But yep. he's... He's doing worldly things, and he's done that everywhere. So, like, I don't think that's making it look bad. Because you can see the same things that he did as, like, a 24-year-old. He's still doing now and just still embarrassing defenses. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, look, it's fun to watch. And it helps, obviously, to have Busquets in there, to have Jordi Alba. You can definitely see the chemistry. Uh, And then you just put the already decent pieces that Miami had but who weren't, you know, weren't clicking before. It's kind of magic right now. And then you add a little Tata in there. Yeah, and that's the thing. He has, like, a really great manager that he's used to. Yeah. But what I want to see, like, I want one Major League Soccer team to go and get Kroos, Cas- uh, Casemiro, and Moderick for the next two years and be the rival for inner miami uh, so yeah the real madrid and barcelona come over here the player is going off into the sunset and then just competing for mls i think they should go to the chicago fire jake i think that'd be a really good destination then <laughs> <laughs> it might be you never know um but yeah, i think even i mean we talked about on the field and obviously off the field he's it's just like a whole different uh stratosphere where it's been yeah um I feel like I've said stratosphere, like you have a triumph of umph. Uh, triumph of umph? Yeah. My triumph of umph. Um, but yeah, it's just like any any game he goes to, there's a new celebrity, like DJ Cali yes. that game, LeBron James. Selena Gomez yeah. took in the action. Owen Wilson did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just like everybody's interested. Everybody's like wanting to watch this happen. <laughs> um, so it's always great. Yeah, he is a world superstar. He's here. Will they make the playoffs, Jake? I think they will as the ninth seed. As the very last seed, yes, yes. yes. Yeah, you're right. The game against Sporting KC this week is huge because they will be missing most of their players. Sporting KC probably won't be missing many of theirs for international duty. So it's going to be – they're going to have to grind something out, Jake. See how they can pull uh, pull it out with a few – few games in hand, um, but I think they'll sneak into that ninth spot. Yeah. They just beat the reigning champs, LAFC, in L.A. Mm-hmm. If, that's L- not- LA, if LAFC actually puts away their chances in the first half, this it's, is true. 
It's three nothing at halftime. Yeah, it was. It, then so there you go. We continue the theme. Drake Calendar stood on his head. Yeah, but it's also like these players are choking and thinking they're playing against Messi. Yeah, yeah. Just as always, the MLS. There's not really been a true, true dominant team other than maybe Cincinnati, who looks to be en route to the supporter shield. So getting into the last few months here of the of the league. And we'll see how messy, how far messy mania can go, Jake. Yeah, we'll see how far playoffs, or it can flame out in uh, October. It could. And here, here I was in one of our previous podcasts when this decision was made, saying, "Oh, this year's just about you know getting the team together. They're not looking to win anything. Mm-hmm. One League's Cup trophy later, one potential U.S. Open Cup trophy later." I was very wrong. <laughs> yeah, they're here to play. And Messi is here to play, too. Yeah. Whew. All right, well, you, you kind of mentioned it, Jake. It'd be fun to see if some uh, Real Madrid le- legends come down. What's another? Let's let's think of what are two two players each. Well, you already gave your three. So what what aging European player would you like to see come to your team? So you mentioned it. You mentioned, mentioned Modric. I mentioned those three to compete, but I would love to see uh, Lewandowski. Lewandowski. And That's a good shout. Thomas uh, Mueller. Those Thomas Mueller, yeah, yeah. That is definitely a good shout. I think, for me, I'm thinking about some Premier League legends. And... Yeah, it's hard because the Premier League legends are so young. Yes, yes. I'm thinking I'm thinking of Harry Kane, but he's still very much killing it in the Bundesliga now. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of a guy that's well into his 30s that's still performing at a high level in the Premier League. I can't think of many. Tim Ream? <laughs> I was just about to say, <laughs> might as well be Tim Ream. Uh, that could be one. And uh, maybe maybe like maybe like a Marco Royce mm. from Dortmund. Yeah, somebody that's just kind of fizzling out a little bit in Europe, but could definitely get some sauce going in in the MLS. Yeah, a couple of years. A couple of years. So, yeah, you know what? I've always been fine with MLS being a superstar retirement league because let's be real, but it's fun. It's just fun. And it's also the biggest seller to Europe right now. Yes. It's past Brazil, it's past Argentina for exports and money coming in. So the, yeah. young, the young talent is there, but it's just you sell it to Europe and reinvest. And when, I mean, you're never going to compete against Europe until you can win trophies or yeah. Yeah. somebody like Messi comes and changes the landscape. Well, we had Beckham, we had Henri, we had Zlatan. And then, of course, we and had we had, juice. And then we had... <laughs> within all that, we also had the man, the myth, the legend. And with that, we say... Deuces.